Country Diary of an Edwardian Lady, Edith Holden. April. She wrote, The name of this month is derived from the Greek word for opening. In many countries of Europe, the 1st of April has for long been appropriated to the fastidious custom of which no satisfactory origin has yet been assigned. To send an ignorant or unsuspecting person on a bootless errand is the great endeavor of the day. In England, such such an one is designated April Fool. In Scotland, he is said to be hunting the gauk. While in France, he is called Passion the Everell or April Fish. Days of Note Saints' Days, etc. April 1, All Fools' Day. Hmm. April 23rd, St. George's Day. April 24th, St. Mark's Eve. April weather, rain and sunshine both together. When April blows his horn, tis good for both hay and corn. An April flood carries away the frog and his brood. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when daisies red and violets blue, and ladies' smocks all silver white, and cuckoo buds of yellow hue, do paint the meadow with delight. April 1 Very still gray day. I went to a little spiny to see a little a large bush to see a large bush of the great round levied willow, which is a perfect picture just now, covered all over with great golden catkins that light up that light up the cops like hundreds of little fairy lamps. The bees were humming all around it, busy gathering the pollen. Third day of bright sunshine. I found another field of wild daffodils today. The sun has brought out the green leaf buds on the trees and hedges very rapidly. There is a marked difference in the sycamore and hawthorn the last few days, and the larch is beginning to hang his tassels forth. That was on the fourth. On the seventh, another glorious day, cycled to Knoll. On the way, found some marsh marigolds and blackhorn and blackthorn in blossom. The tadpoles have come out of their balls of jelly and career madly about the aquarium, wagging their little black tails. A gudgeon, which had put into the aquarium, has made a meal of good many of them. Ground ivy in blossom. On the ninth, Traveled down to Stoke Bishop near Bristol, the low-lying fertile lands around the Avon and Worcestershire were golden with marsh marigolds, and as we went through the Gloucestershire, the banks were starred with primroses, and I saw a good many cowslips. The plum and damson trees were all in blossom. On the 10th, traveled on to Doomsland on Darkmoor, primroses thick all along the line. On the 11th, it was a glorious day. Went for a stroll around the fields in the morning and gathered primroses, some of them the largest I ever saw. The wild strawberry, early vetch, wood sorrel, and greater stitchwort are in blossom here. In the afternoon, I went up onto the moor to bring home a pony and a foal. 
Both are delightfully picturesque in their shaggy winter coats, and I hope to begin their portraits tomorrow morning. Up on the moor, the world seemed to be made up of sky and grouse, such acres of fragrant golden blossom under a sky of cloudless blue. I saw two wall butterflies fluttering about in the sunshine, and she's done a perfect drawing of little tadpoles, frogs, pond, tad and caddis scrubs. And on the twelfth, painted the pony and colt all morning in the field, very hot sun and cool breeze, saw a beautiful peacock butterfly and found some purple orchids in the flower. The 13th, Good Friday, went to Burrito and down to the Meavy Glen. Everything flowers now, down in the glen beside the Meavy. The primroses and wood sorrel were very plentiful growing among the boulders and roots of the trees. The ash trees are all in flower, and some of the young sycamore trees are in full flowering leaf. While we were resting on the bank of the river, we saw a heron rise through the trees on the opposite slope and sail away over the wood, the pink and gray tints of his legs and plumage showing up very distinctly against the brown background of bare trees. We came home across the moor. In many parts of the grass, blossom was, gl- was glorious, but on Yakoklan down, there were great black stretches where the gross had been burnt. On the 14th, saw the first swallow and a young brimstone butterfly. The 15th was Easter Sunday, another brilliant day. Saw a pair of house martins, watched some trout in the leet, and found a chaffinch's nest nearly finished in a young hawthorn. On the 17th, pink champion in bloom walking through the fields, came upon a quiet grove of young cherry trees in blossom, growing all along the top of one of the banks. The wall, banks that divide the fields here and run along the lanes and beginning to be enameled with little flowers and ferns, and on the broad tops, crowned with low hedges, the bluebells are coming up very thickly. The black thorn bushes are a wonderful sight just now, their masses of snowy blossoms making a striking contrast with the deep gold of the cross. Miss B. had some lovely pasque flowers sent her from Oxfordshire this morning. On the 19th, bright sun and strong northeast wind set out for a walk to Lowry. Going over Yonod's down, we saw a young hare lying in its form among the gross bushes. It lay quite still till we had all but trodden on it, when it dashed off among the heather and the gross Going down the long, steep lane of the Lowry, we found some pink millwort, tormental, and germander, speedwell and flower on the bank. Opposite Leetman's little white thatched cottage, we turned off the road, over the Leet, and across the marshy, gorse-covered ground that stretches down to the edge of the lake. Here the gorse and the blackthorn blossom was very, and the blackthorn blossom was very fine. In the bogs we found marsh violets and the small water crowfoot, but there are very few of the hog flowers out as yet. We also found a good many blossoms of the lousewort. At the edge of the leet on the shady side, 
the icicles were hanging in clusters along the moss that overhung the water. In Lowry Lane, just below the quarry, I saw one of the prettiest blackbird's nest I've ever seen. It was all made of moss and placed in the fork of a grass bush, growing close beside the road. The mother bird was sitting on the nest and gazed at us with her bright black eyes, but never stirred from her post. In the afternoon, went to Huckworthy Bridge that spans the river Walkham, downhill all the way. In the meadows beside the river, I was surprised to find the blue alconet are already in blossom just where I found it in July last year on the overhanging bank beside the river. The primroses were thick along the field banks and I gathered cuckoo flowers, red champagne, and bluebells and bullis. On the way home saw a hornbeam tree in flower and on the 20th of April today I saw and heard the shift shaft for the first time this year. A number of them seemed to have arrived in the neighborhood. As I saw three different birds, I also saw stone chats for the first time on the moor. 22nd. Went to Brickley Vale, a deep, narrow hornbee running down out of the moor, with steep wooded slopes on either side, and deep down at the bottom of the river Plym, winding its way. The ground was carpeted with anemones and bluebells, and here and there primroses, and the tall, handsome plants of the wood spurge were very conspicuous with their red stalks and pale green flowers. It was the first time I had ever seen this plant. In one little open glade we came upon a bush of golden broom flower. The veil was thickly wooded from end to end, a paradise for birds. Among their notes, those of the great tit, the shift shaft, robin, and wren, were specially con conspicuous. We found beds of the hairy bittercress, of the hairy bittercress, and a few plumes of the mountain speedwell. We walked four miles through the woods to Plym Bridge, at the far end of the vale. A water ouzel skimmed across the river, and in under the archway of the old grey stone bridge, every cranny of which was green with tiny ferns. That sounds so pretty. Then on the March meals with last year's fronds of heart's tongue and hard ferns, here we found the shining crane's bill, ivy-levied toad flax, and tread mustard and flower. After more than three weeks' drought, we had a heavy rainfall of rain at night. On April the 23rd, bright and cold, saw two live vipers which had been brought in from the moor one of them was more than two feet long. The gentleman who had captured them handled them quite fearlessly. He held one up by the back of the neck and forcing its mouth open with a stick, he showed me the two little pink fangs in the upper jaw. When on the ground, they reared themselves up and hissed and struck repeatedly at a walking stick placed in front of them. Watch the sun set behind the hills from the top of the Yana Down Down gorgeous gold and purple clouds near the horizon and up above clear golden sky. While we were watching it, a hawk suddenly sailed into the sea of gold above the set, above the setting sun and remained stationary, poised on quivering wings for quite a long time. Then it suddenly dived down into the purple shadows of the plantation just below. April 25th. Found two more 
chaffinches nest today and the hedge sparrows nest with four eggs. The willow wren was put in his appearance here the last day or two. A native of Dowsland showed the bank uh, covered with gorse and briars where he said he was sure a bramble finch was building. I only know this bird by reputation, so so mean to go again and watch for it. So on the 27th of April, found two wrens' nests, both built of moss, one in the side of a haystack, the other in a bank. Saw a swift, also, on the 28th, with showers of hail and sleet. The 29th, heavy snow shower in the night. When I looked out this evening, the landscape was all white. The distant, the distance tours veiled in the mist of driving sleep. Bright sunshine later with fine effects of sunlight on the distant tours covered with snow. What are tours? T-O-R-S. The cuckoo had been heard long ago in other parts of the county, but up here on the moors we have not yet heard it. On the 30th, we had a cold northeast wind with frequent showers, but bright intervals, and the latter part of April has been very cold, very cold and stormy. The adder is very plentiful in some parts of England, while in others it's never seen. Its bite is very venomous and sometimes proves fatal in its results, which makes it, makes it much dreaded by the country people, who often persecute the hornless grass snake in their zeal to destroy the poisonous adder. The latter may, however, be readily distinguished by the chain of dark spots which runs along the spine. <laughs> the food of viper consists of frogs, mice, birds, etc. Like most other snakes, it is a very timid creature, always preferring to fly from rather than attack a foe. Looking at some of the poems that she penned. Come forth, ye blossoms, over hill and lea, a breath of sweetness wantons with the sea, and mid the smiles and tears of tender spring, on dripping boughs I heard the rustle sing. Ye cups and stars that strew the fair grain field, ye wings of gold and prickly gorses yield, ye pensive bells to purple pageants born, ye milk-white maybuds of the mantling thorn, to ye violet gems and eyes of sapphire blue, one flushing windflowers and shy elfin crew of every crannied wall come forth and fling your vernal showers around me while I sing. A song of salutation, E.M. Holden. She wrote that. And a short one by Coldridge. Tis the merry nightingale that crowds and hurries and precipitates with fast, thick warble his delicious notes as he were fearful that on April night would be too short for him to utter forth his love, his love chant, and disburdened his full soul of all its music. 